Welcome to Mentor Kubuntu Podcast. Our guest this episode is an inspiration, a content creator, and an incoming investment banker. A very impressive young man, leading by a very strong example, so we can all follow, and he's dedicated to improving himself and others, committing to years of study to become an investment banker, researching and sharing real advice for successful job applications and interviews. He's proactively building his network, platforms, and his future. Nathan, it's a pleasure to have you here. Please tell us about your story and journey. Thank you. Thank you. I'm flattered already. <laughs> yeah, so as it's already kind of been mentioned, I'm Nathan Youssef. I do a lot of careers, kind of content creation on social media going into investment banking as well. I mean, where did it all start? Uh, it's quite interesting, actually. I'd say growing up, I always kind of wanted to be a, a footballer, you know, the stereotypical, yeah, when to go pro, whatever. Obviously, it didn't happen. I think it got to a point, I'd say maybe the age of 16. So I'm 20 now, turning 21 next week. But I was about 16. And I feel like that's the age where stuff just starts to hit you, doing A-levels. Wouldn't say I was struggling with A-levels, but I was realizing that they were significantly harder than GCSEs. I had my dad kind of on my case, making sure that my priorities were always in check. And it's got to the point I was thinking, where am I realistically going to go with this football thing? As a result of that, kind of made the decision to put less attention onto football and more onto what I deemed to be a realistic career path. So I started doing my research, you know, as a 16 year old, you can imagine, how do I make money, highest paying fields, best industries to make, all that kind of stuff. Stumbled across the investment banking, I thought, you know what, it looks promising. Did a bit more research into different roles within investment banking. I found global markets, which is kind of the division, the area that I'm going into. And I, I figured that the kind of skills required matched what I believed I, I could bring. So I did a bit more research, went to Inside Days, did as much as I can to kind of put myself out there. And I think that's kind of how the, the content creation started as well, because applying for investment banking, obviously a very competitive industry. I naturally went through hundreds and hundreds of interviews, hundreds of rejections. And every time I got a rejection, I would ask for feedback and I'd get told what I was doing wrong. So after like three, four years, I literally had banks of like information. This is how you pass an interview. This is how you do X, Y, Z. And I thought, you know what? Let me not be selfish. Let me give it back to people who are also going to be going through the same kind of um, path. And yeah, just started making videos about it. Didn't really think much would come of it. And then started to gain some traction on social media, I'd say maybe about a year ago. Yeah, it just kind of went with the flow here today. Amazing story. <laughs> really amazing. And, I, and I'm so gassed to ask a lot, a lot of questions and really del delve in deep in terms of, you know, investing in yourself. But even before we do, you know, um, there's a question that we always love to ask our guests. So on a scale of one to 10, where are you mentally? One being low, 10 being high, and why? Um, I would say the kind of two parts to that question. There's a there's a longer term mental health, and then there's shorter term. I say in the longer term, I'm in a very good position. I'm very happy with where I am. So I'd say probably an eight to a nine out of ten. But in the short term, I'd probably say like a four or a five. I think I'm at a point now, coming to the end of uni. Just everything's kind of like getting on top of me, kind of deadlines. Obviously trying to keep up with my social media and my content. Um, I write CVs and cover letters for people as well. So kind of got like clients 
chasing you up for for their for their CVs and cover letters. It's just it feels one of those periods of time. I feel like there's a lot going on, um, but I know this is the kind of thing I need to be doing to get to where I, where I need to be um, eventually. And I also I'm aware that periods like this come and go. Like for every period like this, there'll be a period where everything I touch turns to gold. So yeah, I say I'm I'm four five at the moment, but um, in the in the broader perspective, I'm a lot more positive. Decent, decent. And out of curiosity, when did you first realize? like yourself when it came to mental health? I think that will probably come at the cross section of me kind of switching from football into banking. I think both are careers where you're, you're prone to kind of volatility with mental health. Um, they're both kind of careers where one day everything could be going great and the next day everything's not kind of thing. Um, um, but I think also making the actual decision took a lot we'd switched from football to, to banking itself, took a lot from me. And at the time, obviously 16 years, I thought I'm going to be nothing but a footballer. Coming to the realisation that that's not what I was going to be anymore was quite hard to kind of deal with. So that's when I first kind of became aware of, of, of certain things I was feeling. I kind of started taking action to kind of mitigate some of the negative thoughts. Um, and then, yeah, from there on, banking, as I'm doing research, as I'm learning more about the industry, you're obviously hearing stories about bankers that kind of, it gets a bit too much for them. It gets a bit overwhelming for them. Um, I heard a story. I'm not entirely sure how true it is, but it makes sense. Um, if you go to Canary Wharf Tube Station, there's like barriers um, on the platform. And I heard that the reason for that was because there was a lot of like suicides um, within investment banking. So the barriers were kind of put there to stop or to kind of act as a deterrent um, for people that like unfortunately were, were trying to commit suicide. And hearing things like that at the age of like 17, 18, you kind of realize that's not the path that I want to go down. Like I need to make sure that I'm kind of keeping myself in check. I'm kind of, you know, checking in with myself every day, kind of evaluating how I'm feeling, taking actions to kind of keep myself positive and not let not let the, the bad days get me down too much. Um, and then I think, yeah, from there, it's just been a case of finding that balance. Obviously, there's going to be times you have to do stuff that you don't like, that you find difficult, but also kind of balancing that and kind of rewarding yourself and keeping your mind fresh. Um, you know things like going for walks like making sure you get enough sleep just having a network around you have people to talk to stuff like that so I think growing up with this banking idea I've kind of learned to 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 take more proactive action to looking after my mental health man <clears throat> I, I'm fascinated by this uh a lot of it <laughs> what an answer uh this journey i mean firstly i want to find out how i think you said you went for inside days originally i want to find out what it was like to step into these rooms or these environments and see if you were say standing out <laughs> yeah. or if, if you felt like oh you're just blending in you're just like every other young person or if you looked shall we say different to the demographic and whether you felt like you belonged in these rooms because like you're saying you had this vision of going into football and now you're transitioning into finance and it's probably a different mindset different conversation potentially I mean everyone seems to love football anyway yeah. so I'm sure you were in <laughs> and you know how easy you found it to maybe network with these people with new interests or different interests to what you might have typically already had or whether you were always really curious about banking and maybe there was a knowledge gap? Yeah, I would say definitely um, 
the football team that I played for, the demographic was was quite like similar to mine. I guess that's the best way to, to put it. And when I transitioned into banking, it wasn't as much. I do remember the first kind of insight days I went to, you know, you're going to Canary Wharf, you're going to Liverpool Street, these big kind of buildings you see on TV and you're stepping in and like you're seeing people that don't look like you. And you do naturally have those thoughts like, did I make the wrong choice? Like surely if, if, if people like me aren't here, why am I here kind of thing. Um, you definitely, definitely do get that at first, but I think um, one thing I've always had is, is, is my dad who kind of encourages me not to limit myself. He's of the kind of mindset, like obviously if you're in a situation, you've got there. Um, you've done the work, you put the work in, you've demonstrated your skills. So you, you, it's not a mistake, you're there for a reason. Um, and I think kind of as I went to more and more inside days um, and I got more familiar with kind of the environments, the kind of tasks at hand, things I was required to do, um, I feel like I naturally got more and more comfortable um, to a point where I started to use it as an advantage in the sense that I realised that a lot of people that didn't look like me were very similar in terms of the way they communicated, the way that the things they spoke about, like the way they delivered content, etc. But I obviously, I don't know what the best term to use is, but I, I didn't sound like them or act like them. But what I found is when I was in interviews, I would notice I was getting more engagement from the person from the other side. So they naturally looked more interested in what I was saying. And I don't know whether it's the content or the delivery, but it was, I felt like there was something about me that kind of made me stand out. And as I went for more and more insight days, more and more interviews, I kept getting the same feedback, which was you're very charismatic, um, you're very enthusiastic, you're very hungry, you're very humble. Like it wasn't anything to do with my quality or, or the skills I brought to the table. It was all about my personality. Um, and then, yeah, I think like, as I went to more and more, it, it kind of became more and more of an advantage for me really. No, it's interesting to hear that. Um, you, you touched on uh, a few points that I've also experienced everything in terms of that identity, as I would put it, everything from a young age, because I know for a young age, all I had in terms of a platform that I could identify with another black man was a lot of the time a footballer. Um, the other was obviously a negative one, which was, you know, doing all the bad things and living, trying to live a roadman life and things like that. Um, and that's more or less the two different dimensions of identity you could relate with. And it wasn't until you get older, you start to realize that, hold on a minute, there's actually other black men behind the scene that are on even bigger and better platforms or could be the possibility I could put myself on that platform to help the future generation, whether, you know, as we spoke about previously, you're an, you're, you're an older brother, I'm an older brother, and, you know, we have to set the, pay, the, the, the actual path for them as well. Um, and even when you do go into the, the corporate world, you're being told that, oh, yeah, you know, we're, we like how you come across and things like that, so on and so forth, but you're still not hitting the, the nail on the head. But people that bring less to the table are still getting through the door. And you, you're obviously questioning yourself and thinking, wait, why are they getting through? And that's when you need to up your game and you need to learn to even switch code. You know, we, this is what we have to do in order to break that ceiling glass in, in, in the corporate world. Um, so yeah, yeah, I'm quite glad that you kind of touched on that. And it's also really warming to kind of hear that, you know, you're only 21 
and you are really woke and you're, you're progressing at a really good rate. So, you know, I, I do commend you in that regards. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. I mean, I do too, 100%. Uh, I always say I can't really relate too much with the football. I had two left feet, so <laughs> that's, that's number one. <laughs> I'll leave that combo for you guys. <laughs> uh, the second thing is I would like to know, because you mentioned going through all these rejections uh, as you were trying to you know, make your way in, into this new um how should we put it yeah anyway this new career path I want to know a bit more about how you were dealing with those rejections I mean you sound very analytical and the way you were doing the research anyway like even going beyond and looking into the global banking and yeah so you you sound that way and I want to have a belief that the years of football also gave you a confidence because I think when you achieve a lot and you get good and quite competent at something it gives you some confidence innately and you carry yourself that way and it sounds like your dad also had a fantastic influence on you with that which is just brilliant might be asking you a bit more about what he sort of said to you because hey there's a lot of parents who might be listening and it's good to know some of the messages that were received that helped really build your character and build you up so I'll go with the first bit when you were dealing with these rejections how were you building essentially this resilience and this sort of bounce back ability and to just keep going and be like, all right, well, I'll just learn, I'll get the feedback because it's not always easy to receive that feedback and to keep going. So what were some of the strategies you had or <laughs> did you have to listen to like a, a song <laughs> or meditate first <laughs> or are you just cool with it? Um, I think with me... I kind of naturally, I can't identify exactly where it came from, but it was always a feeling of it's not if, it's when. Like, I, I don't know why, but I just had this belief that I would get an offer at some point. It just might take 30, 50, 70 applications to get there. Um, but I feel like, like you said, I do try to approach things from an analytical perspective. And I realized that if I start, interview one with like a one out of 10 interview and then the interviewer tells me you know what um you was charismatic but you didn't know the answer to this question okay that means that the next interview should be at least one and a half out of ten and then we can kind of build up progressively two two and a half three and by like three or four months time when I do an interview and I look back at the interviews I was doing at first I should be able to naturally see a dramatic difference so I always kind of kept that at the back of my mind that whenever I had a bad interview like no that wasn't a bad thing that was a, that was a really good thing because that's the best thing that could happen I'd rather have the bad interview um for like maybe a company who I didn't resonate with as much or sometimes what I would even do is I would apply for interviews in industries that I didn't want to go into just so that I could like just experience what it was like like get some questions that I'd never had before get a new perspective um and then take that into my next interview like I remember there was one particular interview I had um and I got asked Again, I wanted to go into investment banking. This was asset management. So the roles were slightly different. And I was getting asked all these asset management questions and I genuinely didn't know. So I was like kind of waffling, trying to, you know, go along with. And then all of a sudden the interviewer was like, you haven't done your research. Like mid-interview, he's like, you haven't done your research. I was like, okay. This is the first time the interview has been this direct to me. And I could feel like my, my physiological reaction, I was, my heart was beating. I was getting a bit uncomfortable. But then I thought to myself, like, 
no, like, this is good. Like, just sit down, just listen to what you have to say. And that was one of the best things that happened to me because he ended up going on a rant about asset management. And I learned more from him in 15 minutes than I could have from Google in, like, a week of, of listening. And it's just, I kind of had the mentality that there's no such thing as failure. Like, I have to, in order to get better, it's like going to the gym. If, if, if you want to build muscle, you have to experience micro tears to build the muscle. Like, you can't just build muscle with no failure kind of thing. So I always saw it as every bad interview was a good thing. And every good interview was also a good thing. So it's a win-win, so I might as well do it. That was always my mentality. Um, so, yeah, I'd say I never really experienced periods of... Um, Actually, no, tell a lie. There were sometimes I would do interviews and I'd think that went smooth. Like, I think there's nothing else I could have done. And then I'd get like that email, or unfortunately, and I was thinking, like, really? Like, what, what else could I have done? Um, those ones used to kind of get me down a little bit because I used to think, like, that was perfect. What more do you want? Um, but I, I learned that that was kind of part and parcel, really. Personally, I love, I love failure. If I'm not failing, if, if I'm getting more wins than failures, then that's not really giving me strength. It's not providing me resilience. And what you're saying, I can definitely re relate with. And it also reminded me of the Michael Jordan documentary. Um, what was it called? The Last Dance. And he basically talks about failure and how, because he transitioned through, you know, um, initially pl not playing the best, but he kept that consistency of, continuing to go for it over and over again even at a young age during the summer holidays he would basically practice 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 his shots and everything and I think one thing really stuck out to me was along the lines of him saying I failed over and over and over again in my life and that's why I succeed and that that's really and truly what the pinnacle of failure is because failure brings that success because the last thing you want to be is idle and just, you know, staying where you are and living the life you, you want to live. Um, I've digressed with what I was going to ask you, but yeah, I just wanted to <laughs> finish off in terms of, of what you said, because you really touched on a really good point. So what I wanted to ask you was, you've obviously made the transition from, you know, your younger self wanting to play football and then going into investment bank, banking and asset management. Um, and when we think about asset management, it's all about finance. So really and truly, just for you, I would love to know what your perspective was when you were at the age of 16, when it comes to what money meant to you compared to what it is now and why. Yeah, so... I, this is another thing I kind of didn't mention, but I've um, like always kind of made my own money. Um, I got my first job when I was 12. I don't know whether I should be saying that. <laughs> but I was working like on a greengrocer store um, and I, I just always kind of bought stuff for myself. Like, is it I in Stratford by any chance? <laughs> no, I was in Dagenham, Dagenham. Okay. Um, yeah, but as far as I can remember, I've never really asked my parents for stuff. Like if I wanted something, that's never been an option. It's like, how can I make the money um, to get it? So I, I worked in the greengrocers. I handed out leaflets when I was like 13. Um, I did like door-to-door -door sales when I was 16. Um, worked in retail. Like I've had quite a lot of jobs. Um, so like for me, like money was always kind of 
important. And I'll say when I was younger in particular, it was a motivator, but I always knew or within my head, it was always a case of I had to find a way of getting the money myself. Um, so then when I turned 16, 17, again, probably shouldn't be saying this, but it's, it, I think some people will take value from it. So I'll say it anyway. But um, I got into trading like off my own back because I saw it as a way to make money. And I was kind of interested in how something could happen in the world and then that would affect the price of something. Like I just found it very intriguing. So I basically asked my dad to make an account so that I could trade like using his account basically. Um, and I was trading from like 16, 17. I'd be in school literally, I'd, I'd say I'd go to the toilet. <laughs> I'd go to the toilet, I'd check my trades, everything. Um, but yeah, I was trading and like, I was naturally enjoying it. Even when, again, I wasn't making money, I, I was enjoying it. Like I'd say, oh, I lost 10 pounds, but you know what? At least I know why I lost 10 pounds now. And the reason behind it was actually pretty interesting. So like I naturally got interested in trading. Um, and when I started researching investment banking, I found out that that was an area of investment banking. So I was thinking if this is what I'm kind of doing for fun anyway, like why not kind of make a career out of it? And as I've, I think I've mentioned to you before we started the podcast, like the compensation was quite good as well. So I was thinking I could get paid well to do something that I've already been doing and enjoying. So it was like a kind of a win-win, a no-brainer for me really. I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, yeah, you did. You did answer it. You did answer it. Um, and that pretty much leads into, so I'm a firm believer that you are the crowd you keep. And, you know, if you want to be around wolves, then you're going to learn to howl like a wolf. If you want to be around eagles, you're going to learn to soar great heights. When it comes to finance money and things like that and also your own mental health like what kind of people do you normally surround yourself with to make sure you've got that consistency of growing mentally financially because again it all starts with mentally if you're mentally right you you can financially enable yourself to um, prepare yourself or have the right tools or strategy direction that kind of thing to ensure that you're not lacking in that department so this is another area that like I've kind of have had a recent realization with I've got quite a bit to say on. Um, but I think from when I realized I wanted to get into banking, I kind of growing up seeing the example that my parents had set from a young age, I kind of had it in my mind that I need to get, you know, rich as fast as possible. I need to take care of the people around me. So like I would go to sixth form, go to school, I'd come back, I'd do my research. And like whenever I would feel tired or I'd feel like I've had enough. I'd tell myself, no, nah, you know what, keep pushing. Like, you have to take care of the people around you. And although I made a lot of progress, like, in terms of my career, um, financially, like, everything went well. I think my second year of university last year, I realised that I haven't lived, so to speak. Like, everything has been go, go, go. I've always been on work mode, but I haven't really had a chance to have fun. And I'm, like, 20 years old. Um, but I realised what I'd done subconsciously was... I would stop hanging around with people that I thought were too fun. And I would start hanging around with people that were where I wanted to be or were doing what I felt like I should be doing every day. So now that has pros and cons. Because I know a lot of people like live by that quote, you are who you are around, which is true. But it had pros and cons because I say I learned in the space of two, three years what might take a lot of people five, 10 years to learn in terms of my, my career and progression. So from that standpoint, kind of hanging around with people that were where I wanted to be and who I idolized was great. But at the same time, I didn't have that release 
So it was constant go mode, go mode, go mode. And although I wasn't feeling it, one thing that my dad said to me recently is between the ages of 16 and 19, I used to get sick quite a lot. Like I used to have like just little illnesses all the time. I used to have cold, I used to like have chicken, like things would just, chicken pox, like things would just happen to me. And there was not really an explanation. Um, but I think second year of university, I kind of said to myself, you know what? I've, I've been paying for the university experience and I've not been out, I've not met anyone. Like I've just been in my room doing work. So I told myself when I come back in my final year, I'm gonna have fun. Like there's no negotiation, I'm gonna have fun. Um, and this year I'd say I kind of rekindled some of the old friendships. I kind of put myself out there a bit more. Um, and you could argue this year, it's, it's debatable, but you could argue this year, I haven't progressed as much in terms of career and finance as I, as someone would have said I was on track to last year. But I would say that my happiness, my mental health in general is a lot, lot, lot better. And in hindsight, having been through this, I didn't realize how, I would say it was terrible, but if, if now my long-term mental health is an eight, I say last year it was like a five. But I, I didn't realize that. In the moment, I felt like it was a seven or eight. But it's only now that I've kind of stepped out of that and told myself, you know what, it's all about balance, like do the work, but make sure you have fun at the same time. It's only now that I can say that I'm in a better place mentally. So I'd say, going back to your point, it's true. Like you, you are the reflection of the company you keep, but at the same time, it's good to have a balance. Like don't go all in because what you'll find is you'll burn out very quickly. And once you're in that burnout rut with no support network, like that's somewhere you don't want to be. So make sure you have the balance. Like don't, don't villainize having fun. Obviously don't go broke trying to have fun, but don't villainize having fun. Kind of keep the balance. Man, you, you've given like life advice that it takes most people decades to come to, you know? That's very profound stuff you've just shared there. And I'm very glad to hear you found the balance for yourself because it could be very easy to achieve and accomplish everything you're on track to. And I'm sure you're still on track to do fantastically and do these brilliant things. And we often forget it's the long game that's really at stake. You know, these short-term wins in a way, <laughs> you could get them. But in 10 years time, if then it really hits you, it doesn't matter what you've accumulated or how confident you are. Hence why a lot of men, it typically hits around the ages of, well, between 30 and 50, really, that whole midlife crisis thing, because you've been so laser focused on achieving and producing that you neglect yourself. So very glad to hear that you, you've got this amazing sense of self-awareness about you, man. Uh, and I really, I really admire that. Uh, I, I wanted to ask also initially, when, when you said you missed out on fun, and you stopped hanging out with these people who seem too fun. What? Well, no, don't 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 give too much. You know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to get anyone in trouble. What What was the fun for you? Like, what was the fun you feel like you've missed out on? Like, um, I've got a holiday literally booked for next week. But like, that's my first ever holiday. I've never been abroad. Um, like from the age of kind of sixteen to. I'd say 20, literally this year. I never like went out. Whenever someone was like, oh, there's something happening tonight, let's go out. Like subconsciously, I'd always come up with an excuse. And I think I believed the excuses at the time, but deep down, it's just that I thought like, no, like 
rich people, people that are building to be rich don't go out. Like, that's a waste of my time. Like, I would literally sit there and I would mentally think, right, so if I go out tonight, this is the cons, that like, I'll spend money, I'll come back, I'll, I'll feel tired. But there's no pros, like, there's no way that me going out tonight will put me in a better position tomorrow. And then I used to think, well, it's a no-brainer. I'm obviously not going to go. But that's how I used to approach most things. So it could be literally little things like, Nathan, let's go for a catch-up. Yeah, it's great. We can go out and talk, but it's not going to help me get a banking job. So I would end up saying no at the time. But then I realised that like all these little things were kind of accumulated in a negative direction. And it got to a point where I was like 20 and I had some experiences, but I didn't have a lot of experiences. And I would also often say like, some people that I was still friends with, um, but who I wouldn't necessarily say were in the circle of people that I idolized, I would question like, why are we not as close as I thought? But I never really saw the actions that I was taking on my part um, until like now, in hindsight, I realized I probably pushed them away because every time they were saying, Nathan, let's do something, my rational mind was saying, this isn't rational. And then they probably got to the point where they were thinking, you know what, like, I'm just not going to ask anymore. But it was affecting my relationships. I didn't realize. Um, but yeah, I'd say it's only now, as I said, that I've made the switch that I kind of see certain things in hindsight. Amazing, man. Because brilliant, brilliant, just brilliant. Uh, like I said, a lot of people, it takes many years to come to that. And it sounds like you've got a very healthy balance about you, which is great. I want to say it's also better to, you know, knuckle down for like five to 10 years and then enjoy like five decades than to chill out and hang out for five to 10 years and sweat your nuts off for like the next 50, you know? So, so don't be too harsh on yourself. I think uh, you're following a trend that a lot of people who've achieved what we would classify as great things have done. So I think acknowledge that what you have in you is good. Acknowledge also that your own intuition about not choosing to go out on certain times was probably correct. You're, you know, often we are quite right. All the fun things, guess what? They don't go away. And if you've got more bank, you can just do more of them, you know, rather than like one holiday a year, you can go every weekend, you know, <laughs> or half the year. So Nah, take take some solace in that, man. That's that's some good stuff there. I like it. Okay. You're really fearless. I really like this, man. Go with Ray. Sorry, I jumped oh, in. So, I sorry, I didn't have my magical hand up, did I? How nah, rude of me. Man is. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, I have done. <laughs> nah. Um, wow. Where, where, where do I even begin? Um, again, the fact that you're so young... Uh, you, not so young, but you are you are young, but also very mature for your age by far. Um, it's really, as as I said, it's 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 really captivating to kind of see here. And one thing Shai mentioned previously, and you know, he'll he'll most probably follow on from this. It was there's a lot of young men who are the exact same age as yourself they're not as fortunate to have a father figure in their life. And I personally feel that having a father figure in your life, no matter what father figure that comes in, whether it's an uncle or whether it's an actual dad, a stepdad, 
it's a pivotal role to kind of play in uh, a young man, especially being black, because without that, we don't have direction. And, you know, we've seen it time and time again, where, you know, young men can kind of go astray. So I, I, I really want to find out what your dad, what kind of influence he's had, what kind of things do you remember him saying? Because, you know, I'm, who knows what, what he said, I most probably need to hear it as well, you know, because I love to learn from everyone, just even yourself, you know, as, as much as you're young, you're older to me and you're teaching me. So, yeah. I think, yeah, first thing, obviously, I'd say a shout out to my mum as well. I'd say um, they, they both, like, had their overall women parenting, I'd say. So my dad's always been the one that's like, Nathan, you can do it. Like, what are you waiting for? Go do it. But my mum's always been the one that's like, take a step back, think if this is something you really want to do, make sure your mind is in the right place. So she's the, she's been the kind of, um, I don't know what the phrase is, but one that would sense check me, basically. Um so yeah, both have like played important roles in my life. But yeah, my dad growing up, he's always just naturally been like take the opportunity. It's like if I said to him, Oh, um, I saw a Lamborghini today, my dad's response would be like, Okay, so what, what are you gonna do to go get one then? Like, why are you telling me? And then at first I would think, oh like, why am I even telling this guy stuff? But it got to a point I was thinking, like, you're right, because the person who has the Lamborghini, they didn't just wake up when the Lamborghini was on their drive, like they put something in motion to get there and if they can do it like why actually what's the actual reason that I can't do it and I started to realize that yeah like there's a lot of sense in, in, in what he said but I think growing up a lot of it was just kind of empowerment just kind of reinforcing the message within me that if I want something I'm the only one that can make it happen um you know the, the general stuff like if, if I'm sitting around kind of making excuses, although there might be certain things in my life that kind of held me back, hypothetically speaking, like the world, in all fairness, doesn't care about my hardships. Like the world's not gonna stop and wait for me to kind of like sit. And I wanna be very careful with my words here. Obviously I'm saying if you're going through stuff, obviously it's, it's good to let it out and, and whatnot. But at the same time, if something happens to you when you're 20, hypothetically, and you're still complaining about the same thing when you're 50 as the reason why you didn't take action, the world is not going to stop where it does and wait for you kind of thing. That's the kind of message that my dad kind of put, put within me. Um, so it always kind of encouraged me to kind of take action, basically. And as I said, back to the banking examples, at first it was easier said than done. I'd want to take action, or I would take action, but when I found myself in certain situations, my natural response would be like, Nathan, like, go, like, you don't belong here, this is uncomfortable. But with kind of trial and error, with, with experience, I kind of came to realise that, and, and seeing certain results as well, I came to realise that there was truth in the idea that if, if you want something, just go get it. It might not be a smooth path, it might not be a case of I go to X and I get Y. I might have to go to X and then go to A and then A doesn't work and I fall into B, but there's always a way to get Y, what I want to achieve. Um, so yeah, he's always kind of been behind me, kind of pushing me to, to kind of do something and and, and do even better. No, it makes absolute sense. Um, and you know, commend your mum and dad; they've done an amazing job. Um, take my hat off to them and thank you. Thank them from from me, of course. Um, but I can relate with that so much because even with my parents, it's always been the case. As much as 
they've looked after me. I've always felt not not even indebted, but I want to give them that love in a financial way to make sure they don't have to go through hardship. They don't they, they can, you know, explore and enjoy the world the way they should have when they were much younger essentially so you know when you mentioned previously that you wanted to you know do xyz for your parents and i think we 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 do that a lot of the time and put our our parents and our family on our shoulders because not only do we want the best for ourselves it's also for them as well because there's no point us i i remember i mean personally i wouldn't go for a lamborghini because there's only two people in the Lamborghini. I'm going for the bus because everyone's coming on the bus and we're going to have a party. So that's that that that's my thought. As much as it, it's nice having a Lamborghini, unless I'm getting them all a Lamborghini, we're getting on a red London bus and we're going to have a party, pretty much. Ah, fam, it's Lamborghini truck, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I've got a big family. <laughs> You know, make get them commission a Lamborghini bus, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Dream big, right? With you know, we're hearing about investing in ourselves and just going out there and don't worry, uh, these are gonna be big, big ones. <laughs> these are gonna be like you know, Tesla buses. <laughs> I love it. You know, I think for me there's a question that's well for, for firstly, I mean I've I've shot some advice your way. You've shared some of the advice your dad gave you and your mom gave you as well. I'm curious to hear the advice because only you really know yourself, if you will. I'm curious to hear what advice you would give your younger self. I was going to ask for 16 because one of my nephews is about to turn 16, but I won't. (laughs) I'll say because you know yourself. You'll know that those there's a period in your life where you probably could have used certain words, only you would have known what they were, perhaps with reflection now. You don't need to tell us when this was, but what's the advice you would give your younger self at a certain point where you think that, yeah, I suppose they, they would have benefited from hearing something that would have helped you maybe progress faster. I don't know if that makes full sense, but the question sort of just keeps scratching away at the back of my mind. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's three things I'd kind of say. Um, one is if you have an idea or you have like a vision, don't let the small thoughts kind of eat away at that vision. Um, a lot of the time you can say, I want to do X and then it's, oh, but um, now's not the right time or, oh, but I'm feeling quite tired. And, or, and these might all be, legitimate excuses but as they all build and accumulate you'll realize that in two years time you think back like what happened to that idea or you might see someone else do the idea that you wanted to do and you're thinking all right could have been me and it could have been you but you let the excuses and the kind of um the the negative thoughts kind of eat you up so try and stay positive and always have that belief in yourself that if you want to do something and you really want to do it bad enough then it is waiting to be done just know that you can do it um, secondly, kind of off the back of that, and this is a motto that I kind of live by whenever something doesn't go my way, but it's that everything happens for a reason. So with every aspect of my life, there's been, I can give you an example of times where I've really wanted something and it hasn't gone well, but the rebound has kind of ended up being better than 
what the first thing, what plan A could have been. So, for example, with football, football didn't work out. But now I look at myself, if I'd been playing football and I think there's certain things, certain things mentally that I, I understand now that I probably would never have come across playing football. Applying for universities, I initially wanted to go to Oxford. I had interviews at Oxford, but I ended up studying at Loughborough. But I look back in hindsight and I think, I know people that go to Oxford and I don't think I could have handled what they do at Oxford. Like, I'm just, that's just not me. Um, even with careers and banking, there was a company that I had a good relationship with and it looked for all reasons and purposes that I would continue my career with that company for whatever reason, didn't work out, ended up interning at another company. And I found I actually really liked the culture at the new company. And I just had a natural connection with everyone at the new company. And so within all areas of my life, there's been situations where in the moment, I don't understand why something's happened. But again, in hindsight and following the kind of motto of everything happens for a reason, things have worked out better. So when something doesn't go your way, don't beat yourself up. Just make sure like your first reaction is just take a deep breath and just tell yourself like, this is part of the plan. This is how it's meant to be. And third of all, don't follow social media in the sense of social media can be great, but too much of anything can harm you. And I say that in the sense of, I used to be that guy that used to sit there watching self-help videos all day, every day, like listening to Tony Robbins, Grant Cardo, all these people talk about what it takes to be great, what it takes to be wonderful, all this. But I realized like a lot of what they were saying was very toxic. Um, and I see people, even today, in my opinion, idolizing these people and although the principle is there i feel like some of their individual pieces of advice aren't the best in terms of one your mental health and two just the quality of person you want to be but like some things they say you need to kind of evaluate with your own mind don't just take it as gospel similarly if someone on social media is wearing a two thousand pound coat and you've got one thousand five hundred pound in your bank account it don't make it your prerogative to go and buy the coat like you don't have to just because they bought it like rationalize things. Of course, there's trends. If you like a trend and you want to be part of a trend and you can comfortably be a part of the trend, go for it. Like that's enjoyable, but don't compromise yourself just to portray this image of social media. That's not even going to make you happy deep down. So yeah, I'd say everything happens for a reason. Don't follow social media too much. And if you believe, if you want to do something, just, I know it's easier said than done, but make sure you believe in yourself. That's marvelous, man. Marvelous. Because I was going to ask you about developing self-belief and potentially seeking out mentors. And you, you just already knocked that out the park. No, I think thank you very much for sharing that as well. Because I think for anyone who is listening to that, uh, first off, you know, take a breath and think about your last failure. <laughs> Extremely practical steps there with um, how to change your direction and also not to sort of get hooked on the good vibes of listening to the the people I mean listen by all means but taking action is the key isn't it I think from what I'm hearing you say like you can spend all day listening and feeling good about it but when you ultimately they they've you've helped them hit their target or I've, I've reached more people with my message yes I've encouraged more people <laughs> do something for yourself <laughs> as well you know and I think that's a really important point to raise as well as don't be afraid to fail like you keep sort of reiterating it's not a failure it doesn't mean it's the end of it I think a lot of us especially as we get older we tend to think 
when you fail at something, that's it. And you sort of wrap it up. It's like almost, I've got no more, I got no more fight left in me. <laughs> I can't train for the rematch. I'm good. And this idea of, yeah, keep going, push through. It'll happen for a reason. Keep believing in yourself. And um, I'm also, wait, there's a, something about company culture i wanted to ask you but i won't i won't i won't i won't i won't i like i like how you put it and i i think that's i like the way you you phrased everything what i want to ask you is it's a it's a two-barrel question i'll start with the beginning one firstly why do you care so much about helping other people because although you're very driven and you're working very hard on yourself and towards your dreams, your goals, and to help your loved ones. You've also seemed to have this innate drive towards helping other people. And I don't know where it comes from, or if you just have a big, beautiful heart, but <laughs> I don't know what's driving it. I don't know if a good Samaritan helped you. <laughs> I don't know. But why? Why do you care so much about helping other people? It's because it's, it's amazing to me because not many people have that. And you mentioned charisma being picked up, but I'm picking up this caring element as well. And I think it's so important. Like you've got this compassion for other people. So content creation is no joke. <laughs> you know, it takes a lot of time, thought, you know. So what's going on there? Why do you care so much about other people, Nathan? Yeah, I think, again, it's not something that I sit there and think about, but I guess... Now that you put me on the spot, I've got no choice. <laughs> but um, I think probably stems from my household, again. Both, obviously, my dad's kind of given me a lot of advice growing up. It's like I've just kind of got this way of approaching life in my mind. And through conversations with friends sometimes, I'll say stuff and I'll, like, they'll be looking at me like, where are you? Like, you just said something. You did something there. And I'm thinking oh like I kind of take for granted something some of the viewpoints I have um but I think growing up I've kind of realized that some people around me take value in some of the things I say also my role as the eldest of my siblings I think naturally I hope I like to think they will look up to me um and in that capacity obviously you have to like be very careful with what you're saying what you're doing what kind of image and and and, and content you're giving and to them to to consume I think that naturally transferred across over to social media. Um, I mean, I didn't even explain how it started, really. I had an internship coming up. Um, as part of the internship, I needed to like keep up with what's going on in the world. I had to have good commercial awareness. So I thought to myself, you know what? Like, I might as well just keep myself accountable. Every day on TikTok, I'm going to post a, a roundup of the day's news. Started off for myself, like, so I can say that I've done it every day and I can after a while, look back and kind of say, this happened to this, and kind of build a picture of what's been happening in the world. But then, like, people started to read, I mean, watch my videos and leave comments like, oh, I didn't know this happened, or this is so interesting, or, so, or people might leave comments and I think, like, how did you not know that was going on? But, like, that's me taking for granted my position and not realising that not everyone kind of knows where to look for certain information. So I started off with me doing the news. Then I kind of pivoted into like CVs, interviews, careers and whatnot. And it was there, like my videos started blowing up, which is good for me. But also it made me realize that, wow, like 500,000 people are watching this video and taking value from it. And now I'm like putting that into perspective, like 500,000 people, like, that's a lot of people. 
and I start getting DMs or messages like, oh, um, could you give me advice for X, Y, Z? I'll just be like, yeah, sure. And I get a DM like a week later, oh, thank you. Like, this is my first job. Like, I've actually got a job because of you. And like, the feeling I get from that is like, it's, I've never had that feeling from anything before. So it kind of, once, I, once I'd already started making content, it's messages like that that make me think like, yeah, it's all worth it. Like literally I can go weeks without having comments like that. And I get one comment and it's like, yeah, that, that keeps me going for like another six months or whatever. Like the feeling that you're helping someone change their life potentially is like, is, yeah, it's, it's incomparable in my opinion. Love it. I love it. Sorry, Shai, was you going to say something? No. Okay, perfect. No, um, just here, sitting here and just listening to you and seeing all the different ingredients you have. And obviously, you know, you have to add to the resume. You're a, you're a social media TV, well, social media presenter, reporting on the news. You know what I'm saying? It's not exactly 10 o'clock, but it's 24-7. So you've got it on wrap. So you're doing something right again. <laughs> but no, um, the different recipes that you've had and what I'm a firm believer again that every action has a reaction. So even for you to be on social media, you basically wanted a specific reaction, and without even realizing, it paved and opened uh, you know a new door and stream for you to have a passion to know that you can help and enable people essentially. And if you go back to what you said previously about when it comes to those passive people that are just sitting there and just listening to you know Tony Robinson's and, th and things like that you know what you have to put into 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 retrospect is that and you you, you clearly said it yourself it's all about action it's like the distance between the dream and reality is action as much as words can inspire you it's all about action and creating it and the recipe, how I kind of calculate it is, as we said previously, it's within that, within that recipe, there's, there's definitely failure. So how I calculate it is plan, action, fail, plan, action, fail. And then, you, and then after that plan, action, fail, refine, and you're doing it all over again. And, you know, kudos, kudos to you in, 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 in that regards. So and even even what you're basically saying how you've touched certain people and helped them and you know that's what we're, we're all about and that's how we you know want to continue growing and if there's any way we can you know help and support we want to do that because at the end of the day you're on a platform you need to be heard and I personally feel that everybody no matter what age they are or even how young they are they need to tap into who you are your resources so they can you know do better in 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 their life or most probably know something they don't even know about so um i've digressed and i can't remember the question i was going to ask you and i think i got that from shy because he forgot his question but yeah i, I i'll leave that two pence two two pence for now yeah <laughs> so as they say it's all the pennies that make the pound so two pence you got a pound even beyond learning something like i think what anyone who follows your content or it seems comes into contact with you the major thing is follow your example that's the most powerful thing that's really drawn me to even how you create your content like it makes much more sense having discussed you know having this conversation with you because it's like 
we speak and you're like yeah i need to do something right now <laughs> you know <laughs> you're, <clears throat> you're like a, you're a man of action and there's that there's the sort of cliche saying right when all is said and done more is said than done and you're not about the talk really you're about let me go away let me find out what i need to know let me fill the gaps let me take the action and the success will come when it comes not if it comes just when it comes and it might not be the way that i envision it but i'm going to keep keep at it and that's the that's the message um i think it's just very encouraging to hear very very encouraging to hear and i wanted to maybe even find out who of all the people you've given some encouragement to perhaps it's with these messages you said you received on social media but i wanted to find out if there's maybe one in particular um, who's had the greatest impact on you because it might not be you know because it's about the impact it had on you it might be the first one and it really knocked you with socks off or it might be someone who you just thought they're not listening <laughs> so I'm not too sure if there's one particular and you don't have to you know put them on blast or anything but I, I was curious about whether of all the many people you've helped even those re, you know through the virtual platform or in person um who've had the greatest impact. It might even be one of these friends you sort of reconnected with when you started to put yourself back out there. I mean, there's quite a lot of different reasons. I mean, I have some people that want to go into investment banking. And obviously, as I touched upon earlier, when you're in that flow of rejections in banking, it, like you can feel like nothing you're doing is right. So there's people that I've helped within banking that say to me, oh, I finally got an internship. And like, I know what it feels like to finally make that breakthrough. So knowing that I've helped someone to achieve that is obviously a great feeling. Um, I've had messages from like Canada, like America, and I find that pretty cool to know that people on the other side of the world are kind of conceiving my content and like taking like the value that I'm given from Rumford is applicable to someone in, the, in America. I find that quite um, crazy as well. I think there's one time my little cousin, I didn't even know my cousin like watched my content. He dropped me a message one time and said, you know what, like I've been watching your videos and I've got an apprenticeship. And I was thinking like, wow like I don't even know what to say but I think probably like uh, one of the main ones and one of one of the most recent ones um one of my closest friends had like a, a surprise party recently and obviously I've known him and his parents for like quite a while like moving on to a decade now um but I didn't know that he told them that I made content but he told them and like showed them what I did and like whilst we're in this kind of like it was like a bowling party whilst we was in the party um like both his mom and dad took time to like step aside from the party and just tell me like what I was doing was having an impact and even his dad was asking like what's your opinion on on crypto like what was it there but it just it just felt like surreal like that um people yeah people are from different areas and different like generations or all like finding value from my content like it just yeah it, and then again going back to the plans like where I want to be with it like right now it's not even close to where I want to be so for me feeling like what I'm doing right now is getting the reception it is it's like where it will be in a couple of years time yeah, it's, I can't wait amazing I mean man, you're, you're a fountain of knowledge and those who are thirsty for knowledge they'll come and drink and their cups will be full I love it and Oh, that's brilliant. I, I, I honestly, I'm really excited to see how things, you know, go for you and with you and hopefully to be a small part of maybe helping with that at some point, who knows, right? 
No, no, I have to work harder. <laughs> <laughs> and this is good. And this is good. That's that's the whole idea, right? Like we, we work hard, play driving hard, and pushing. And we like, hey, let me let me try and see where I can run to, so I can give this man a hand up to you know a little little boost up, because he's he's boosting me right now with all of his efforts. Uh, man, this is this is fa- fabulous, just fabulous. Um. <sighs> Whew. I mean, we could go all night. Like, <laughs> we could go back in and start checking. Okay, no, no. Before I start digressing and moving and almost even maybe taking you back with some of the mental health stuff you, you suggested, let me hand over to Ray while I process my thoughts. Ray. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As much as we're basically talking about, you know, mental health and finance and things like that, and you mentioned something that is very unsaid and that comes to suicide especially when you think about you know as men well obviously you know from the beginning of time we've been gathered you know we've been hunters gathering all the foods and so on and so forth put, put, putting it on the on, on the actual table as we've gone through time you know it's changed where we don't have to hunt what we have to do is basically accumulate money to make sure we can look after our family now i understand how much pressure there is when it comes to having so much responsibility in the banking industry because if let's say for instance you're doing asset management you have big budgets which are most probably in the millions trillions depending on who the account is something goes wrong you're the one who's held accountable and in some ways, I can also kind of understand why some, some, and it happens mostly with men, correct me if I'm wrong, where, you know, they feel that pressure and they can't take it home and they don't know, they don't have an outlay, they don't have anything to basically help them in those times. So what I would really love to know is, and, you know, you, you even touched on it before that the fact in Canary Wolf, you know, the, the biggest financial place in the UK has obviously, you know, identified that this is actually something that is on the rise and nonstop because, you know, they've finished, they've finished work, some things hit the fan and, you know, they don't want to go home. They just want to end it there. So the question is, what do you think we have to do as someone who's working in the financial industry to ensure that we're not having those financial pressures and what do you think organizations also need to do or even outside of organizations to basically support you know the banks to make sure that no matter what no matter what happens the repercussions are are not going to be as bad as they anticipate them to be and it's not the end of the world i think for the individual, and I think this is something that I probably even need to do more of. It's just like knowing that you have people around you that care about you and that want to make sure that you're okay. As, as a black man, there's there's a tendency to not tell people how you're feeling. Like you feel like oh, I don't want to burden other people or, um, oh yeah, it's just a phase, like it's going to pass. Like I'm just put my head down and just see myself through it. Yeah, that is the case a lot of the time, but sometimes it might not be and I feel like it's you don't want to take that risk it's, it's, it's good to open up to people make sure you have like a network of people around you that you know you you can trust and and that care about you just to kind of 
voice even if even if i understand you don't want to burden some people that's fair enough but even if you just kind of voice it in a in a kind of yeah today wasn't wasn't the best like xyz happened just laying it off your chest because you never know they might say to you actually i've been feeling the same which is which is which is something that you could both kind of talk over and reflect on they might be able to offer you some advice that could change the way you see things like you, you never know what could happen just by you getting it off your chest um and then even before it gets to that point or what even potentially after i don't know but kind of not fooling yourself of where your mental health's at like if you feel like maybe you're going through a tough time not to kind of mask it and and, and hide it behind and yeah I'm, I'm fine i'm fine like actually acknowledging it and taking steps to like just do the little things like i said getting some sunshine going out for walks like just not locking yourself away and just accepting that maybe there's a there's some actions that you might want to proactively take to to safeguard your mental health and in terms of organizations obviously i can't speak 100 because i've like i'm not actually i haven't started working full-time in banking yet but um when i spoke about company culture earlier when i was doing my internship the company i was at they said that um they'd recently enforced a policy where when you're on holiday from work for example you're not allowed to touch your work phone you can't reply to emails like you have to have a hard stop you can't continue to do work outside of work i can't remember how many how much holiday you get but you're encouraged to take it in like a big block so you have time to like actually disconnect and, and spend time with your family or whatnot i feel like there's an increasing presence of like groups where people can like you know within work and even outside of work contact people whose role is like specifically for mental health and to make sure that you're, you're in the right frame of mind you get like a lot more training nowadays than maybe 10 years ago regarding how to like look after yourself mentally but i've also noticed and i've been guilty of this in the past when you see if i see training on how to trade for example i think yeah like i need to learn how to make money but if i see training on how to look after your mind like i feel like there's a tendency to just be like oh like I don't really need this like it's obviously i can look after my mind but to actually treat that with as much if not more importance than the 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 technical modules because yeah the technical things might make you money but it's the mental side that's keeping you alive so your life is more important than however much money you would make within the industry or for a firm so it's just kind of like maybe i'd say attributing more importance to to the topic of mental health than what you you naturally otherwise would powerful answer right there powerful answer and you put it into great perspective for anyone yeah yeah your life is is the prize really um that's the, that's the main way Whew, had sink in for me too <laughs> you know ish man yeah, no, that's it's not it's a it's a it's a serious serious message. So you've you've really addressed that really well. I thought Ray was almost being unfair. I was like, you gonna put this on the man? Like <laughs> address the whole banking culture. Uh, but no, nah, well 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 said. And I think we often forget when we pursue these careers or options, even if it's to become an entrepreneur, these avenues that have the potential to earn us a lot of money a lot of, you know create some serious wealth for us we neglect to think the pressure that comes with that you know to whom much is given much is expected so mm, thinking about your mental health definitely definitely has to take precedence especially when you're thinking about going into careers that 
it's high pressure you know let's be frank like high pressure there's a lot of risk involved and it doesn't mean that you're just taking risk willy-nilly but it means you have to do a lot of analysis a lot of thinking a lot of research in order to mitigate the risk so and you don't have as much time as you'd like in the world so this is partly where all the pressure comes in and I mean we can tell from listening to Nathan you've got a very solid head on your shoulders you've got a very solid environment and a very solid seems like friendship circle and some mentors around there and you've already got so much learning so I think you're primed for success and to know um, how to stay aware that you're you're in a good position overall and I suspect confident enough to move or pivot just as you've done with the football into this and to know that it's you that will make you successful and achieve everything that you want to the vehicle for that isn't necessarily important you've got everything that you need for the success 100 percent i'm gonna slap you if i find you and you know because <laughs> 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 i'm really really encouraged by this you know and obviously and now we we know you've you've got you're still in uni you're finishing up it's the final few months so we do respect your time all the same so what i will do because i'm enjoying this too much we'll keep you here all night and <laughs> great minds think alike ray i was going to go back into the mental health side with some of these things so fantastic question from you there as well so what i want to say is we'll transition into the final four questions that we normally ask everyone that are quick fire and in fact before we do that though for people who want to keep listening, who want to connect, who want to support you and everything that you're doing, where's the best place for them to find you and to connect? Um, realistically, probably Instagram, but all of my social media handles are the same. Like it's either Nathan Yusuf or Nathan Yusuf one. Um, so that's Instagram. Probably in terms, if you want to actually like reach out a message, TikTok's not the best, but obviously I do make a lot of content on TikTok. So TikTok's Nathan Yusuf one, Instagram, Nathan Yusuf one. Um, connect me on LinkedIn. It's just my name, Nathan Yusuf. Yeah, even Snapchat, Nathan Yusuf one. Everything's Nathan Yusuf one. So quite easy, quite seamless. <laughs> Excellent. Connect now, because once you know, once it's moving and shaking, eh? <laughs> you'll just be able to follow on, on LinkedIn. You won't be able to connect. Do it now. <laughs> Oh man, but yeah, I, yeah, I highly encourage everyone to connect and watch the content. You've got young family and relatives, you've got older family and relatives who are also trying to transition or going to careers. You know, people are about to finish high school, they're about to finish college, they're about to finish uni. Show them Nathan's content, it's going to be really invaluable for them, especially as they go into their interviews and applications. And just to know that it's all going to be okay. All right, now, Nathan. On to our quick fire questions for you. I'll kick us off. And, you know, it can be a sentence. It can be whatever comes to mind. First question. What's the best thing about being Black? That's a, that's a good question. I'd say probably the best thing from my experience is the kind of hunger and drive that I've noticed my people have in respect to counterparts. Did you say keep it to a sentence or...? that sounded perfect though <laughs> yeah, just, yeah just 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 from my experiences football, football athletics like corporate world 
when I see my people, like one thing I, I say is we always might not always have the confidence in certain settings, but we always have the drive. Like we, we're usually the hardest workers in the room. That's something that like uh, it's, it's, it's a good trait to have. It's a good trait to have. Okay, excellent. Okay, uh, you ready for my question? You might want to fasten your seatbelt. I don't know, because that one threw me off. So. <laughs> <laughs> Hence why fire question. <laughs> okay, all right. So my question is, what resources do you hope people use 100 years from now? Um, in, what is there? What kind of context? Any context you like. What kind of resources do you hope people could use 100 years from now? Something that will keep their goals, their perspective on life, their general feelings and emotions towards stuff in perspective and on track. In Because people often say, like, write goals or, like, track how you're feeling and write it down. But, like, I don't feel like there's anything that exists right now that's... that's kind of convenient or prominent enough for people to actually do it so something where people have like that allows people to have more awareness of, of, of their goals and their feelings and everything like that is there anything you use that's been particularly helpful or um, quite well for you i mean i have a i have a diary like i have planners obviously um i have a couple of like accountability groups and groups within my social um networks where we come and check in every week how's it been both in terms of like a productivity perspective but also in terms of like how are we feeling so yeah like at the moment for me it's, it's kind of journaling and and verbally communicating with people but i don't really use apps like i've tried meditating on things like that but it doesn't as of yet it hasn't really worked for me all right cool i'll ask the next question oh there's more <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> two more you got two more <laughs> The first of those two is who taught you how to shave? Me, actually. Yeah. I don't know. It's one of them ones. Just thought, how hard can it be? <laughs> just, I never really asked anyone or like had the conversation. Just picked up a razor, just put some foam on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're a strong man. A strong young man. <laughs> yeah, just took it from there. <laughs> amazing answer okay so last but not least you've always got to leave the, the the best for last as they say um so what do you what do you wish more men talked about um i said they're down days but like i said earlier i understand why people and particularly men feel like they don't want to burden people with their problems because of the traditional role of the man is like the, the provider the protector but even if it's just like casual conversation and and not masking how you're feeling as i said earlier if someone says to you how are you feeling instead of yeah i'm feeling great you, you can just be honest like yeah it's not been a great day today xyz happened but i i know that tomorrow will be better or you, because if i heard something like that i'm not gonna start worrying and stressing out too much about you i'll ask you if, you, if you're okay and i'll obviously be like if, if you need me for anything i'm here but that way you can kind of voice and let me know that you're not feeling great without burdening me at the same time i feel like just being more honest in casual conversation and letting people know when they're having down days and it's not every day yeah i'm fine i'm fine i'm great i'm great when some days you're not just be be honest be more honest about it awesome um 
I, for me, I just want to add as well as the up days, because often we focus on the, the down days and the things that are, you know, eating us from the inside out and all this that we don't share. But I think it's also really important to have the people who you can tell on your updates. Yep. Like, hey, if you won the lottery, how many people are you calling, you know? <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> so it's important. I think it's also really important to have people to celebrate your, your victories with. And if you don't feel like you have people but for that uh make sure that you find your circle i know of course if you've got an accountability group part of the drive with them is to achieve so once you do achieve they're there to listen and to celebrate yep. with you so that's that's wonderful to hear just wanted to make sure everyone listening it's not all about failure now you know come on now success stories huh <laughs> yeah oh man nathan i mean that's just been a dream that <laughs> someone's gonna pinch me this is i mean that's i've really really enjoyed that conversation same, and same. wow uh i mean like I say i was really excited to have the conversation after consuming some of your content and you know following you on the social media so remember nathan yusuf or nathan yusuf one but most of them it's nathan yusuf do connect i'm just really excited for you man i'm really excited i can't see anything but great things ahead and like i say just commend you for being for me as fearless as you seem to be and that fearlessness has been earned by a lot of actions that you've taken and commend you for having this drive <laughs> to borrow your word as well yeah. to succeed but the drive to also really just reach out and help a lot of other people because you're uniquely suited and I think gifted to do so so not everyone does it and not everyone resonates even as you watch them like you can really i guess you can really feel the intention behind what you're doing even when you're sharing the news and don't lose that is what i want to say don't lose that man you got a great spark and you spark other people around you keep at it thank uh, you Ray, take us home. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I need to add my two pence again. So <laughs> get, it, get us to a pound. <laughs> <laughs> you got 98 people, we'll do a pound. No, I'll put my two pence in. Um, I was going to say, Nath, it is an absolute pleasure. It is, I personally, I'm very proud of what you're doing, how you're doing it, the different ingredients you have. And I'm really looking forward to seeing your future history in excelling and continuing to just enable people and provide as much advice because it's not just the younger people that are looking to you, it's also the older people. And that is something very, very unique, even on your platform around the world, you know, even someone as small as your cousin out of the blue, just basically saying that without even you realizing you've indirectly touched them. That is powerful. You know, what you do is truly, truly powerful and I commend you. And yeah, I'm just looking forward to seeing what the future has, has for you. And, you know, we, we will continue to grow with you as well in, in terms of planning, you know, executing the action, failing, refining and continuing to add more, more, more. Um, you're a beautiful cake what can i say <laughs> thank you and and thank you guys for inviting me on i think as i've been talking with you guys is as i said 
as one of my answers to the quick fire questions, kind of speaking about my journey and, and especially with mental health as well, it's not really something that I've done openly like this before. So it's been good for me personally to kind of reflect and kind of make make some notes and see, oh, like this makes sense why this happened in my life. Because I've kind of learned some things about myself through this conversation as well. And I hope that people listening obviously gain a lot gain a lot from from what we've been speaking about as well but yeah thank you for inviting me on it's been an enjoyable conversation pleasure is all ours